for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to L.A. Talk Radio, your real talk station, with 24 hours of commercial-free programming. This is Matt Sullivan. You're listening to The Green Room, which automatically puts you in a better position than 99% of the rest of America. Shit like a homeless man trying to change his life. We do it so fresh. And we do what the fuck we want to do. You know? The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. And don't forget, you can tweet the show on air at Green Room Show. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on LATalkRadio.com. Thank you for tuning into the show. And what a show it is, Logan. we got an amazing program. I'd like to welcome on my left-hand man, Logan Lysico. Logan, thanks for coming on the show. Boom, baby. <laughs> boom goes the dynamite, and boom goes Logan Lysico. I like yeah. it, Logan. I like it. Sometimes I'm like, oh, man, the, the the enthusiasm I'm getting from Logan right now feels a little manufactured. Today it feels <laughs> earnest. You're chipper. Things are going great. We got yeah. our uh, good friend, pal, and also co-star in the Comedy Garage movie, a documentary which Logan directed, which premiered in a downtown independent theater on Tuesday. Paul the Dankey. downtown independent theater. The downtown. <laughs> the downtown independent theater. Right. Yeah. A downtown independent theater sounds like it just could have been any independent theater. Yeah. No, it was the coolest looking Art Deco one. Yeah, it's a super great <laughs> theater, man. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, that was Tuesday night. Tuesday was a. It was a good day. Yeah. I got there early. They do a uh, stand-up show in a movie theater, which I know if you're from the rest of the country, you're, oh, my God, that sounds bizarre. You can't do that. Well, in L.A., they just decide to put comedy shows anywhere. Coincidentally, right. <laughs> coincidentally, we – Anywhere I, you can fit, put chairs. Right, exactly. <laughs> We're trying to crowbar more entertainment. L.A. is just this – it's such a weird dynamic. L.A. is the only place where if I'm listening to you try to entertain me for free, I feel like I'm doing you a favor. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll come out. I'll support. I'll give you 45 minutes of my L.A. time, which somehow feels more valuable than time in Pennsylvania, just to listen to you <laughs> bust your ass, work as hard as you can to try to make me laugh while I sit there in my seat and just make you earn it. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's pretty well, much when, the comedy scene in Los when Angeles. When you live in Pennsylvania and one of your friends says he's going to do a show, that's special. That's like, oh, this guy actually is going for it. But out here – no. Way too many people go for it. And you get it's like, angry. It's almost yeah. like the so, gall of these yeah. people going for it. They, they're you, you get angry. When, <laughs> when someone invites you to a show, my first instinct is, this is a burden. You're personally burdening me. You're right. making my life more difficult. Now, I, it, it's just because everyone's in their own world. You know, Paul right now is checking his Twitter on his iPhone. He's you in his I, own world. No, man, I'm promoting the show. No, I'm promoting this while we're on it. I appreciate that, Paul. Yeah. I know I know you're big in the uh, <laughs> Twitter community. Logan. It is funny, yo. Another another one of the guys that were was <clears throat> another one of the guys that was a part of the comedy garage, Matt Sullivan. He was he was the guy who did the uh, the ID to start off the show. I just I had never I'd never it, I listened to it, obviously, when you recorded it, and I cut it together, but I want to play it one more time. This is Matt Sullivan. You're listening to The Green Room, which automatically puts you in a better position than 99% of the rest of America. <laughs> oh, man. So which so condescending. It is kind of a dig <laughs> now that I think about it. Oh, my God. It's implying that 99% of the country is not listening to it, which <laughs> I, would t I would take if only 1% of the country would listen to it because that's still a lot of listeners. I mean, we're doing yeah. pretty good for ourselves. Look at the download numbers. I know the green machines are out there. They're doing their <laughs> thing, and I, and, I, and I sincerely appreciate that. It's, it's been going up every month since we started the program. I'm, I'm proud of that. The show's going well, but obviously there are 300 some million Americans. You know, you're you're battling for their podcast ears out there. It's it's not getting any easier. The the more content's being created, the idea that everyone has a podcast these days. Well, see, I didn't even get that part of it. I was just thinking how condescending it was to people who didn't listen to your program. It was like he had some agenda, like. <laughs> Well, it is weird because the people who don't listen to the program aren't hearing that station ID, so it's <laughs> right. not like he's putting them in their place. <laughs> right, right. I guess, I guess it's one of those things you feel better for being one of the people in on the secret. You're yeah. in on the mission of uh, being on the Green Room show. And you should. Yeah, it's a big deal. Speaking of missions, guys, no, enough joking around. 
Enough. Uh oh, okay. oh, oh, we're oh, done man. forever now. <laughs> enough, oh, I know this is going. <laughs> enough. Uh, enough. Uh, you know. U-S-A. Enough tomfoolery, guys. Of course. You. Well, you know what? You're you're chanting that, Paul. You better chant it. You're chanting that, and of course, we all know the big news of the week is Osama bin Laden was taken out by SEAL Team Six in a, a special operative that our president, our leader in chief, Barack Obama, issued. And of course, here's the thing. On a side note, Philly sports fans. We have a bad <laughs> reputation. We have a reputation of, oh my God, they boo Santa Claus. They'll they'll boo anything. Those people in Philly, they're maniacs. They hate everything. They're uh, crazy. They they throw bricks at people wearing Dallas Cowboy shirts. Rightfully so. Some that of that all sounds right so far. Some some <laughs> of that is okay. Some of that's heated. All of that is true so far. But, but when. When it became national news that Osama bin Laden had been taken out, of course they're going to announce that at the Phillies Stadium, Citizen Bank Park. And this was the reaction. Phillies fans and Mets fans uniting. USA. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't get. It doesn't need to be any more complex than that. It doesn't have to be anything more thought out. It doesn't have to be any sort of Gandhi-like take on this on this whole thing. Right. Th- this is what. This is what. All right. Now I'm going to react to the reactions because we've all had our. We all ha- already had our gut instinct reaction to Osama bin Laden being taken out, and it should have been yes. Let's celebrate. Let let's enjoy this moment. Let's have a good time. But then immediately people want to get contrarian and say, "Oh, oh, what are you celebrating someone's death? Oh yeah, you, well you weren't raised. You don't know what it was like being Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden was a spoiled rich kid who tried to murder you. If you're listening to the show right now, he actively tried to murder you. He actively tried to murder you. Yeah, sure you were lucky you weren't in uh, the New York City area. You weren't in Pennsylvania. You weren't in the Pentagon that day. You weren't on that flight. Uh, flying from Boston to Los Angeles. You weren't on that flight. But he was trying to murder you. And yeah. you, and you, it's just the idea that if we can't get around this, if we can't rally around this as a point of, hey, let's get together and celebrate, he died. Or people, people coming down. That's not the proper way to celebrate. That's not. The, that's not the proper. <laughs> okay, sorry. I don't. I've never celebrated, or I've never. I've never had this feeling of, okay, this guy murdered 3,000 of my fellow citizens in cold blood in broad daylight, l- literally changing a, a, a generations. Uh, the way we look at the Middle East, the way we look at our own lives, right. and then he's brought to justice nine years later. Sorry if the, the reaction isn't proper. Right. I mean, I think it's one thing to celebrate. If you don't want to celebrate him particularly dying, it's it's an end. It's the end of that era, that chapter of of America, of like sort of being afraid of that guy. He was the face of 9/11, and now it's like, yeah, we're still gonna have problems with terrorism. There's still gonna be problems in the Middle East, but at the same time, we can move on from this moment and uh, and try to build forward. And I think that that's really what we've kind of been waiting for. And he's a huge player it's too. He literally yeah. founded Al Qaeda. And did, didn't it feel him, didn't so. it feel good? Am, am I wrong? Didn't didn't when you heard that you, you instantly you had a relief like yeah. oh yeah that that's cool. Yeah. Like I I went up and I did a uh, stand up comedy show in Ventura and uh, it didn't go great. But then I got in the car and I was like <laughs> oh wow we killed Osama bin Laden. Hey this day's a push. Like I feel <laughs> I felt a lot better. I felt a lot better. Just it it, it felt like a relief and can, I don't can, think that's wrong. No. The one thing that I – well, I mean the, something that did bother me though about it was I read that the code name they had for the whole operation for <laughs> Osama bin Laden was Geronimo. You can't do that. You can't take a guy that was a Native American freedom fighter for his people and put that as – as like the like a number one terrorist <laughs> suspect. It's like what is that saying about Native Americans? That's not cool, man. All right. I got beef. <laughs> These Native Americans have been through enough. Yeah. You know, we we stole their land. We we took them over. We there were blankets with disease. We put them on these awful uh, gambling ranches. Now yeah. we've not been kind to the Native Americans, and then we have to code word Osama bin Laden, a Native American yeah. person. Can you call it Johnny Appleseed or just any anything yeah. else? Why not Hitler 2.0? It's got a nice ring. <laughs> I like that. It's got a nice ring. <laughs> no one knows who Hitler – who's Hitler 2.0? Right. Oh, don't worry about it. That's top secret. Yeah. <laughs> Geronimo. 
Yeah, Geronimo was a Native American. And yes, he murdered settlers. But okay, that guy was living on the land. We kind of we kind of invaded his land. Yeah, kinda. He seemed. Uh, I'm. I don't know the whole breakdown. Sure. Maybe he skinned some people. Whatever. It was a different time. Yep. Different he had time. some basis to fight back. It wasn't as clear cut as this is. It's the most basic math of guy flies plane into building. Guy is evil. Yeah. And he's not a mastermind. That's another thing that aggravates me about the whole, the whole <laughs> coverage of Osama bin Laden, the mastermind of 9/11. I went through all these online dictionaries reading the term mastermind, and it all implied some sort of intelligence. It doesn't take any intelligence to kill other people while killing yourself. If he would have pulled that off and he would have lived, okay, that's a master. Okay, yeah. how did how did they do that? How did they fly a plane into a building and live? That's a mastermind. Yeah, he's just manipulating other other people that feel like Charles Manson, mastermind behind the Manson murders. No, <laughs> he he yeah. took weak-minded individuals yeah. and crafted them to do his bidding. Yeah, he's, he's just a, a piece coward. of shit. Yeah. Yeah, why can't we just say cowardice pussy behind 9/11? What? Yeah. Well, New York <laughs> Times, you can't print that? What's Master the difference Mind between those sounds... guys and a Chili's day shift manager? <laughs> exactly. Nothing. They're just pushing around simpletons <laughs> to do your bidding. I told you to clear out the bar. I told you we got a four top over there and you got to get your ass. Where's your flair? Where's your flair? Exactly. The same thing. It's propaganda. It's doing meticulous things over and over again. And if you look at the psychology of Osama bin Laden, this is why – this is why – this is why I don't like rich kids. Osama bin Laden was a rich kid. Yeah, and here's the that. here's the danger with rich kids. <laughs> here's the danger with rich kids. Us regular folks, us middle middle class people, how do we impress our dads? By trying to get a good job, by trying to do good in sports. It's easy to impress your dad or it's easy to have goals to impress your dad. And as a guy, that's a big part. You want to kind of impress your dad, you want to kind of create yeah. your own sense of being a man. But if you're a rich kid, oh, you've already had the world handed to you. Now you got to do something different. You got to dig a little deeper. Hey, Dad, I'm gonna start my own uh, jam band. Or, well, jam bands are cool. That's not a that's a good not a good analogy. Yeah, no, no. But you got You got to do something crazy. So hey, let's uh, let's take the Quran and interpret it in a fashion that says we should murder people. So you kind of got to dig deep. The the idea is that when you've been given everything. You search for something instinctively to create meaning in your own life. Right. Me, hey. I, I wasn't given the world. I, I my parents raised me great. They they gave me an education, but now I'm out here trying to trying to do my own thing, trying to make it in comedy. I have a goal that I can try to obtain. I'm trying to make money so I can yeah. so I can get to zero dollars. Like that's my <laughs> right. goal. Why isn't Osama bin Laden just here starting podcasts, busting out <laughs> right, open exactly. mics, just trying to find his own voice instead of trying to uh you know, squelch other people's thoughts. It's it's sad. They said when they caught him, he was unarmed, just chilling in his house. Yeah, just busting <laughs> up, playing some there Xbox. Was, well, then, yeah, and then no and then they, uh, the the soldiers were. Oh, we just, we thought he was reaching for a gun, which is awesome because we, we I didn't I didn't want this guy having a trial. I didn't want to hear anything from him. Shot to the head. That's fine. Yeah, and some uh, some woman got used as a human shield during the raid. Well, and that and that was a I've heard conflicting things. I heard I I re initially heard that, but then I also heard she she wasn't killed. But yeah, it, the idea right. that <laughs> this, I mean, I understand you don't respect women, Osama bin Laden. I understand that's part of your game, but to, yeah. to throw a woman in front of you as Ooh, a shield, it's not right. <laughs> and if you read that as a follower, do you think? Do you think you really believe in your Quran and your in your whole mindset of, hey, if someone's about to send me to 72 virgins, I'm not taking a old middle-aged housewife and, and throwing her in front of a bullet. I'm saying, hey, bring it on, man. Yeah. Your whole mindset Take down me there. there on that is crazy. Like I heard – I mean ev like in church, they the men sit on one side of the church yeah. and the women sit on another there's a lot of there's, a lot of conservative sects of different religions that are sort of that way though. It's so there's always there's certain countries where women have to wear those giant burkas that cover everything. Why would you want to oh. cover a woman up? Why wouldn't you want to be as close to hey. women all the time as possible? Or at least Right. I don't know. That's it's a, it's a great bad. point, Paul. If you're going to control women, okay, why not some sort of concubine situation? Why not? <laughs> why 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 force the idea that sex is so awful? Why not? I, I understand the Mormon angle much more. Hey, mo hey wives, bring yeah. them in. If you're gonna if you're gonna control women like that and not respect them, at least work that angle. Right. <laughs> I mean, they're guys. 
Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, you've got all this power. Did you, you see, want to cover them up? Stupid. Did you see his compound? I don't. I, I, no, I haven't seen any of the compound. They How keep is calling it? it a compound, by the way, but it looks like an apartment, <laughs> a apartment building that he like. It looks like a crappy quads, like freshman yeah. year that hasn't been updated from some liberal college. That yeah, they had some funding early on. Th- things haven't been. Emissions have been down at the college. They, it could use a coat of paint. First off, you see that guy's compound. I'm not calling a compound unless there's a nice pool. Yeah. If you're gonna, if you're, <laughs> like, and I understand Osama bin Laden. Maybe he doesn't get out for a swim, but come on, you're out there in the desert heat of Pakistan. Eh, maybe at night you go skinny dipping, whatever. The, listen, I have a pool. <laughs> I have access to a pool. Yeah, you and do. I, I, I'm not an oil sheik. I don't have access to millions and millions of dollars. I'm not on the run. I, I just feel like a pool is a simple part of a compound. Yeah, it's just so funny to, to go through all this work, to make all this statement, and then just, you know, he does all this so he can sit in a shitty little compound and just, like, hold up. It's like, look, if you want to make a real political statement and show that this is how we're going to interact with the rest of the world, continue interacting with them and, and don't just hide out like <laughs> yes. a coward. And it's like, I, oh, he wasn't armed? Yeah, but who gives a shit? Who cares? Yes, let's let's bring him to trial. That's what he – yes, he, he deserves that. He He had the right to a fair trial. And he probably was reaching for a gun. <laughs> Prove him wrong. That's he was, at, he at, was at least thinking of reaching for a gun. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. Well, Do you I, think that all he I was... Heard was that they told him to surrender? He said no, and they shot him. And that's all I need. <laughs> I don't. I mean. Yeah, he's saying I'm, I'm not going down. As far as sure, I'm, I'm sure he didn't even say no. <laughs> they, they, I'm sure they just. I'm sure they, these seals. And, and God bless these seals. But it, when when you kick out. When you've spent months practicing to raid Osama bin Laden's house, the right. last thing you're thinking is, okay, we're going to have a rational discussion about his about surrender. Yeah. You kick the door down open with the gun, you're going to shoot the guy. I was just thinking everyone yeah. in the room probably wants to get a, an extra shot in, even though he doesn't need to be shot anymore. Right. Like, if I was in the corner of the room and it's not my job to shoot him, I'm like, gonna need to I'd still, still get my like, shot I'd in. still yeah. like... Can you imagine? I love I love Logan's gun sound effect too. It'd be. I still just can't imagine like like let's say it was us guys. There's a room. You walk through that door and there's Osama bin Laden sitting on a couch or whatever he's doing. That must have been the most surreal moment. Be like, wow, there you are. You're a human. You're a real. You're an actual person. And now I'm going to kill you. Well, it's almost it's almost like Hitler. Yeah. In the the sense that he's just is crazy. yeah, he's almost just so evil. He's kind of caused all this craziness. Really? Yeah, they shaped I mean, they shaped essence. the they shaped a, you know a consciousness and understanding of of the world and how it works. It's really it's fascinating. All right. Well, not everyone. Uh, it, it, I just I got to play some of these reactions. This was sure. I got in a car and I was driving <laughs> back from Ventura and we were catching me and my dad. We were listening to this uh, station. I'm not sure the station. It's uh, 8:10 a.m. out of uh, San Francisco. And this is this guy, literally you you heard the news of Osama bin Laden that he was taken out maybe 45 minutes. And this is this guy's, <laughs> this is this guy's take on the entire situation and his comparisons. Do you feel that this is the end of something? CNN, Osama bin Laden, the face of terror, dead. You see, in my world, Osama bin Laden is not the face of terror. Our reaction in this country to George, to Osama bin Laden Wait. was far more terrorizing than Osama himself. I was far more aware, uh, uh, afraid of George Bush and Dick Cheney and their Justice Department and what they could do to me or you than I was anything that Osama bin Laden could do. And maybe that's just me, but I tend to have <laughs> God, crack a book, guy. That was two years and in ago. in my world, they caused more terror because more Americans are hurting right now, not because of Osama, but because of George W. Bush's policies. So they, Osama didn't really scare me that much. Okay. You know why Osama didn't scare you that much? Because you weren't sitting in the World Trade Center when a jet flew into it. You didn't jump out of the World Trade Center one or two when it was on fire because they flew a jet into yeah. it. You're hanging out in San Francisco in a nice, really beautiful community that's well-maintained. Beyond first world, the best of the first world. That's what San Francisco is. And he's just like, oh, I was afraid of losing my personal liberties. Like, yeah, yeah, abs- I mean, yeah, absolutely, that's a problem. But you, there's not, that is, there's no line of comparison there. You can't compare <laughs> the two things. What, the did, what did George Bush do to, um, I'm guessing because he, he talked about his, his partner at some point. He's, he's a homosexual. He lives in San Francisco. What did President Bush do in his tenure to compromise your 
personal liberties to the point that you're going to compare him to Osama bin Laden. I realize it's talk radio and you want to be incendiary and you want me to react. But let's let's have a rational discussion yeah, for up. once in talk radio. Yeah, that's yeah, just mean, maybe, childish bullshit. Maybe you can't get married and that is that is a serious issue, but uh, you know, you also can't get married in the Middle East where <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you would be murdered. You can't be you can't be gay in the Middle East. Yeah. You can't you can't you can't make out with your boyfriend in public in the Middle East. And okay, I understand. Yes, you want to be married, and that's kind of its own issue. And obviously, George Bush wasn't supporting of that. Right, but let's but say were you were you harmed irrevocably? Is that terrorism? Really? No. Well, it's I don't know. It's just yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. And that's a that's <laughs> no. a two year and it doesn't make any sense. And this guy's making a living in radio, so it makes me that much angry. Right. First I react. <laughs> first I react to the idea of hey, this guy is just this is uh, this is makes me I I don't <laughs> like George Bush, but I also have some respect for this country and the office, and at least are willing to have rational discussions about. You can. There's right. so much more to criticize George Bush about than rather just compare him to Osama bin Laden and just basically yeah, throw out a, any sort of real critiques. Well, it's stupid because that's over. George Bush is not in power anymore. You can't say, oh, I, I'm more afraid of something that already happened in the past and is over. We've moved on. Now you've got new things to be afraid of. You can't. People need to let it go. Whatever their beef is with how things were, you know, two years ago for that. The previous administration, that is over, and now we have to move forward. Quit well, guys, bitching. but this is this is just exactly how uh, exactly how the Illuminati wanted it. This is <laughs> yeah, exactly this is exactly true. what they wanted. This was obviously 9/11 was an inside job. I heard a guy at a party who saw a couple videos on YouTube. He told me about it, <laughs> right, and right, he right. knows. Th- this is the other oh, I thing. I met that guy. He's Besides besides this guy making a living in radio, you have people like this on YouTube getting hundreds and hundreds of thousands of videos. Okay, if you're a hot girl just doing makeup and a lot of people watch your videos, fine. Yeah, she but deserves I to, it. I have to compete with people on YouTube spewing their opinion when they're guys like Alex Jones who – was on Charlie Sheen's side about everything to the point that, oh, yeah, Charlie Sheen, yeah, of course 9-11 was an inside job. This – uh, th- this is one of the guys. Oh, chemtrails! Everything is a conspiracy. Yeah, dude, that's just bullshit. They're just exciting. They're like the the Inquirer. It's just people offering exciting but impossible ideas. Impossible and it's like, prove or disprove. Yeah, yeah. Here's, why, here's my first this conversation. Here's my first belief as to why the the, the conspiracy theories aren't real. Oh, oh, Whoa. Is life isn't that interesting? What, what, you know, <laughs> right. just uh, life. It's we wake up, we do our thing. job, we kind of go to bed. You hang out, you have a couple beers, you call it a day. It, life is not this <laughs> fantastical thing where dragons are involved, or and and the government is not that capable. If the government was behind 9/11, they would have found weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, they would have. You're uh, right. George Bush would have been the president to bring uh, uh, Osama bin Laden to justice. This is Alex Jones claiming that uh, the Osama bin Laden had been dead for years, and this is all a part of some grand hoax. My friends, this is a complete and total hoax. First off, he's he's stealing Rush Limbaugh's. And yeah. I know I'm not the most unique radio personality, but come on, my friends, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, get the gold microphone and just call yourself <laughs> Rush Limbaugh. Get some pills, you know, start taking Vicodin, have it affect your hearing, then go to Costa Rica or some other, some other word. I don't know. Rush Limbaugh's had his, <laughs> Rush Limbaugh's had his demons. And we predicted with total precision, with inside sources, going back more than eight years ago. The, the human nature. You know how much money there would have been if you could have provided a picture of Osama bin Laden dead right. before this happened. Right. That's that's the same thing. I don't believe we've been visited by aliens. There's too much money in showing real evidence about aliens for anyone to hide it. Right. Everyone has their price. You're telling me a, a staff sergeant in the Air Force pulling down 45 grand a year isn't gonna risk his military pension? He's a part of this government program. You, you're telling me if he had a picture of an alien, you're telling me he's not gonna release that and become the most wealthy man in the world, right. become super famous. Right. Just look at basic human psychology. Yeah, you think that George Bush didn't need that PR push to pull out like in, in his eighth year? And we caught him. I did it. See, I'm not a huge asshole. Yeah. But no, he had to go out kind of like a chump. And now oh, oh, uh, Obama's, you know, he's he's got it. He, he made he it went, We went from eight years with uh, 
President Bush to voting in a black Democrat. I mean, That's be, how is that a part of his I plan? I would be more right. willing to believe that was a conspiracy because it was almost like the Republicans were trying to make him win. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like right before the election, like George Bush was like, oh shit, uh, our economy's going nuts. Uh, let's all sign this thing and uh, spend a, you know ten trillion dollars or however much it was. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, and then McCain like right after that picked uh I know. what's her name it was so funny i, <laughs> I used to like i used to really respect for... john mccain i used to think oh at least you know he's pushing issues he's really for campaign finance reform which i think is right. a great great big the most important issue and then and then when he uh, when he signed her i was like oh <laughs> so he's kind of just uh well he's bent over so that guy is obviously not in control of his own destiny anymore he comes uh, off like a total shill when you're putting in Sarah Palin. Yeah, he just embarrassed. He's like, oh, and I don't care, and I don't care about <laughs> anything. I'll do whatever I have to do to get this fucking thing. You, you know, it's bad when liberal women are just so offended by. They were look women and especially liberal women voters are are looking for. They would probably or people in the middle who are women would sure. probably be won over to the idea. Oh, hey, a female candidate. I'll give her maybe I'll give her a little more chance. But <laughs> but uh, Sarah Palin just turned off so many people. Yeah. And I think the left kind of makes a mistake in villainizing her so hard. Yeah. Because then at a certain point she becomes. People in the quote, yeah, people yeah, in the quote unquote true. red states or people who are more conservative. If you just attack someone that hard, then they get defensive, like, oh, they're attacking my way of life. Oh, it's just these I know. kind of, oh, this is just these uh, people in New York and L.A. They don't they don't relate to us. Blah blah. blah. No, the the idea is okay. I I'm pretty in the middle. I would vote for Republicans, and I have voted for Republicans. I voted for a Republican governor this past time. I see some sides to the Republican argument, and I'm not opposed to it. But Sarah, you can't put up Sarah Palin and say that's a legitimate vice president right. candidate. And it's not yeah. like it's not like you look at John McCain and go, that guy's immortal. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> I mean, the guy right. was <laughs> yeah. the guy's hanging around. It's funny how much people hated Sarah Palin. It's like you guys, she has done. Nothing. Right. Literally nothing. Like, none of her opinions have made any difference. She hasn't pushed through any sort it's of policies. It's terrifying, though, that she was the vice presidential candidate. There's only four people running to run the country. <laughs> I mean, she was one it, of them. It, it, insane. I guess I get, it did I get kind of scary there. But, hey, but she didn't win, over, yeah. and now she's a reality TV star, and I'm fine As with that. She should be. That's where they belong. That, and she's yeah. she's great at that. Yeah, people go, hey, yeah. she's got nice legs. Uh, look does. at her on the cover of Runner's World magazine. Yeah. She's got kids. She's got stuff to talk about, not necessarily politically. Fine. That's fine. I, I appreciate that. She's making a living. She does fine for yeah, herself. Yeah, I would love to hear Sarah Palin's appetizer recipes. <laughs> I bet you she makes a pigs in a blanket that would knock your fucking socks off. I, li- I like when she says folks. I, li- I like that. I kind of yeah. like that about her. It's it's endearing to, her, to me. I, I see the kind of appeal. She's kind of just this Betty Crocker of a reality world who's in a little better shape. Yeah. And, yeah, she's got this wacky uh, snowboarding husband or uh, – sorry. <laughs> Snowmobiling. Yes. Yeah, so, so, somehow snowmobiling's like, that much more hillbilly. <laughs> I know. Snowboarding, I feel like, oh, okay, that's kind of a, a normal activity it's with like, snowmobiling. It's like in Alaska instead of four-wheeling. They have <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. It's just, I, knew, I used to know guys that went snowmobiling, and it's a crazy activity. Yeah, it is. And yeah, you go out there and you're, you're just obviously you're drunk. And anything, um, yeah. any, <laughs> any Same time, with ATVs though. And whether boats, it's whether it's a golf skis, cart, ATVs, yeah. any vehicle that you're taking off the road, you're gonna go out of your way to get drunk. I'm yeah. sorry. Didn't he race or something or do something? Yes, pro? he was in the he was in the competitive circuit. Todd Palin was a competitive snow or JP. snowmobile. <laughs> Man, that's so funny. He was top dog in that family for a long time, and she, you know. Planned parties and was just a whatever kind of a gal, and then she became governor. She made the move. Well, I mean, if you're now gonna make the Palin. move for being a governor, you might as well do it in Alaska. You know, it's there's not a lot of people there. It's uh, it, the right. It, it seems open. like, yeah. hey, I feel like if I went there, started hanging around, glad handing, yeah, maybe somebody, I could make a run. Like she Have some hot great, legs. Seems <laughs> like she didn't do a great job. You know, they were. Uh, this is one thing. I mean, I know we're past her, and she's. You know, not running for anything, but like this is one thing they kept harping on uh, the bridge to nowhere and how she squashed that. But she was actually for that before she started running, and they actually built a road to the bridge to nowhere. Huh? But there's no bridge, so it was just a road to nowhere. It cost billions of dollars. <laughs> not billions, I'm sure, but millions. millions. I mean, right? 
Alaska as a state has gotten by with a lot of, for years of just getting a ton of federal money. There's a, there's been a ton of politicians. That's kind of their game there. And then she quit uh, before her term was up too. Right. Yeah, because her her life became so much more lucrative to live sort <laughs> yeah. of socially. Yeah. Why would you Why would you waste your time being a governor when you're getting six million dollars for your biography or whatever it was? It was a yeah. large amount of money. Yeah, it's definitely a large. Even her even her children, her husband, everybody can get a fucking book deal, appearance fees. Everybody's making real money, and if she's just the governor, that's what's so funny is her life became. Do I just be the governor and try to do my civic duty? Right. It was. It slowed her down. Yeah. This was. This was hilarious. This was a couple of weeks back. I actually, tweeted this at Green Room Show if you want to check me on the Twitter. <laughs> and it actually, it was. Um, I tweeted a joke saying that Sarah Palin's daughter, I think it was Bristol Palin, who had a kid out of wedlock. She's made $250,000 in speaker fees for her abstinence program. And I wrote, okay, that's great news for Snoop Dogg's D.A.R.E. program. Snoop Dogg thought that was hilarious, and he retweeted it. <laughs> Boom. 150 more followers. I'm getting retweets everywhere. Guys are sending me mixtapes because my uh, my pseudonym is Green Room Show. Like, <laughs> hey, d- check this out. They think I'm cool with Snoop Dogg. You are cool with Snoop Dogg. Well, I am. I mean, he retweeted my stuff. Have you listened to any of the mixtapes yet? No. <laughs> we should uh, we should air some of them. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll throw some on there. Well, maybe Snoop Dogg. the audience vote. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I, I think we can uh, change gears here. I let it all out. Yeah. Osama bin Laden. He's dead. And uh, the world is better for it. Let's move on. Let's go. Let's go a little more lighthearted. Snoop Dogg, as I was talking about, he is also a coach of youth sports. He loves coaching young men playing football. And hey, who doesn't? Pee Wee Sports, great program. <laughs> yep. And I saw this uh, story on ESPN outside the lines that apparently the people in South Florida are taking their uh, Pee Wee Sports a little too seriously. In the South Florida Youth Football League, made up of 30,000 kids ages 5 to 15, there is a more sinister element. Gambling. <laughs> oh, gee, I know, I know what's going on. Rob Glover started playing in the league in 1997 when he was nine. He became a star running back and people off the field began to take notice. Rob says he was being paid to play youth football, <laughs> sometimes in the thousands after a good game. People who don't know me just want to give me all kind of cash and stuff, you know. It was good at the time, but now I know it's a bad thing to do. Right? <laughs> he learned He learned his lesson. This is insane. He should go to USC. Yeah, well, he'd fit right in. Yeah. And now the kid, I mean, the guy's looking back and he, he was saying, oh, maybe I could have been playing on Sunday. Odds are the guy wouldn't have been playing on Sunday. And he probably just made out with five grand that he wouldn't have gotten otherwise. But their their whole thing is that it brings a uh, sinister aspect to this kid's sports. And it's just so funny thinking, you know, immediately I think of my time playing peewee football and so the fact that go. here we go. The fact that I would have never <laughs> the glory days. Yeah, sure. I no scored. one's paying you to play football, Shawnee. <laughs> they would have. I probably would have got busted. They were like, okay, clearly, clearly that guy's taking a fall. Clearly, clearly he's 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 Sean, on the other take side. Take all that jewelry off before you get on the field. <laughs> the the guy was telling the story about how he returned a kick for a touchdown, and then someone came up to him and gave him a hundred dollars. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, oh my, this would have been the greatest childhood moment I've ever had. Oh yeah. Like, okay, yeah, sure, the guy was a drug dealer, and it helped lead you into an awful life, and it's just a victim of, uh, you know, it's a cycle of poverty. But imagine scoring a touchdown, for returning a kick 99 yards, and there's some strange man giving you $500. That's awesome. Yeah, you got paid twice. Getting and, that touchdown is what the kid needs. And, and also, yeah, I, I can see myself gambling on some kids' sports. I can yeah. see myself, hey, listen, you're there with some other dads. You're hanging out, having a cup of joe. Yeah. Yeah, hey, 60 bad. bucks. Yeah, that's no big deal. Right, but then there's there's all these all these like gangbangers in the stands with just wads <laughs> of money and thick thick chains chains spinning. <laughs> it's it's really a bizarre visual because they're just you know they're blinged out to a kids pee sports game. Just yeah, don't like it, you know how. Oh, that uh, sounds like a blast. You, you know how <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it sounds like a lot of fun. 
I guess until uh, there was also a story of a guy who won 10 grand and was uh, mugged at gunpoint and oh, people were firing shots in the parking lot. Sure, that's the dark side to it. Right. But the wholesome gambling side of it, that's part of America. <laughs> yeah, the thing is people got to just be responsible and run their own bookie. They got to get their <laughs> yeah, exactly. own bookie going. Don't, don't work with the local kid that's just got all kinds of crazy jewelry on. Have some gentlemen's bets amongst uh, amongst your peers, the other fathers. Be reasonable. There's nothing wrong with gambling on children's sports. And Paul, you know why? You know what? <laughs> you know why this doesn't work? Why we that? should be able to gamble on kids' I sports. Agree. We should be able to do that and make uh, spending time with our future children interesting, <laughs> compelling. You know, and do you know why that's no longer there? Because we've eliminated the duel from society. Yeah. Back in the day of. Burr versus Hamilton, I don't know, however that milk commercial went. The idea is that <laughs> if someone wronged you, you could, okay, hey, we're going to have a duel. We're going to settle this like men. Yeah. I'll slap you over the glove, and we're going to have a man battle here. There was honor in society. Now it gets crazy because, hey, if I lose five grand betting on peewee football, hey, maybe I don't pay that. Maybe I just get in my jacked-up lowrider, and I cruise out, and then you try and kill me. So right. that's that's where things go awry. But if we had honor in our society, especially among men, and men, it's our fault. We've dropped the ball. We've let that slip. As we've become more domesticized, I don't even know if that's a word, but as we, yeah, domesticated, <laughs> as we've become more feminine, you know, as we've developed feelings and thoughts on our emotions, we've lost that that sense of honor and pride in being a man and saying, right. hey, I'm Sean Green. If I say I'm going to bet $500 on the uh, fighting bulldogs to cover seven and a half points, if they don't cover, I'm going to give you my $500. I think it comes down, I mean, if, if everybody just took a little more personal responsibility, everybody now is like, well, we we don't have to we can't we're not going to get any sort of altercations because the government's going to step in. Just uh, my my goal is to never have the government stepping in in my life. I just want to handle my own bullshit. If I can yeah. if I can barter for stuff, I'm going to do that. Whatever I can do <laughs> to just handle my own shit, keep my own lawn nice. I'll help pick keep like my that. own street clean because it's my neighborhood. Everybody's got to get that better sense of community and quit, you know, quit it's relying a personal on sense them. of pride. Yeah. We could use, we could use more of that. Here's yeah. a here's a little bit more. Wash your shirts. <laughs> about about high how high stakes these uh, Pee Wee football games get. They had a point spread. They got a point spread for little league football, but the point spread and and all of this and I was like, what? That particular day, I think it was like a twenty thousand dollar pot. <laughs> I I doubt that, right? I mean, come on. Could be Clearwater, Florida. Come there on. was a lot of. Uh, well, I mean, these guys were also getting arrested for transporting large amounts of cocaine. So, yeah, I could imagine maybe that's where they're getting a couple extra bucks to throw down on the Pee Wee football games. And obviously these coaches are going to get into it. They were talking about one parent was saying, oh, hey, uh, my kid's no longer going to play for this team. He's going to play for X team because they offered him thirty five hundred dollars. And sure, that sounds like a bad idea on the uh, on the surface. Because you're, no, you're basically taking thirty well, yeah. you're taking thirty five hundred dollars from a drug dealer, it's gonna end badly. But if the woman took it, invested in this college fund, he wouldn't need a legit scholarship. He would already have had it. If you put thirty five hundred dollars away when the kid's nine years old, he's gonna be able to go to college. Yeah, it just it just made me think about my time at Pee Wee football and dealing with Oh, here we go. Uh, no, dealing with dealing with the coaches <laughs> and their advice. It is really the idea of peewee sports is that, oh, hey, it's a great experience, blah, blah, blah. But also, if you if you're if you're a parent, you gotta investigate some of these coaches. I remember some of the some of the coaches that we had, they were kind of uh, loose wires, especially if they didn't have a son on the team <laughs> and they just were dying to coach sports yeah, uh, for weird. kids. I remember the one guy, he would chew a lot of tobacco, he would walk around, he would pick up bugs and eat bugs in front of us, and he, just to <laughs> He said it was inspiring us. You know, uh -huh. told stories about uh, you know beating up rattlesnakes, and he would cup check a lot of people. And I remember also uh, oh, uh, when we were well with shady. his with his foot, not with any. It wasn't a weird thing, but he would also do. He would also encourage it was, us. It still uh, sounds way shady for a coach to be kicking kids in the balls. That's ah, it was a different <laughs> time, Logan. <laughs> we also, on special teams, I remember him specifically saying to the punter, he would do that move where the coaches do, where they grab your face mask and pull you in real close, and you get that hot coach breath on your face, and he would oh, go man. to him, listen, 
If they come anywhere near your leg, you fall on the ground and you roll around and you cry and you pound on the ground like they just destroyed your leg. We'll get a personal foul called and then we'll move the chains. Like there was no there, nice. <laughs> yeah. There was no sense of true sportsmanship no, in Pee Wee sports. Yeah, people just sportsmanship in general. That's what we're talking about here. People need people need to abide by better sports. They need to play fair. Play fair. Now, play Paul, hard. I know uh, I know you're involved in a online web series called the Competition. Oh yeah. Which um, d- describe that for us. The Competition is a it's a it's a weekly web series. We're we're on the first season. We've done about seven episodes. It's myself, uh, Cornell Reed, and Adam Jacobs, and the occasional uh, special guest. And we just do we compete. And they're kind of like we basically do backyard sports. Like something that you would do with your buddies if you're sitting around having some beers, like having like this this most recent episode we did pie eating. Like I've never done a pie eating contest, and when it was proposed, I was like, well, that's a stupid idea. But then I was like, eh, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Let's yeah, I'm curious. Let's see who can eat this pie the fastest. And uh, it's so funny. We kind of started off. It's it's still more or less a joke, but I really do get competitive each time. I want to win every and the numbers show. The numbers show. I put down. Yeah. Five, I've got five wins to their their one each for Cornell and Adam. I'm dominating them. Yes, and I guess I guess to compare it to the maybe that show on NBC, In It to Win It, or what was that? Minute to win. Minute it? to win it, where yeah, you would actually, do kind of. That's a pretty good. Yeah, it's it's. I would say it's a drunk backyard version of that. Instead of, you know, <laughs> in a big soundstage, stacking up tissues onto stupid yeah. cups, they're eating pies. I know there was a belly flop competition. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I mean, uh, my thing is that we never want it to be like jackass at all or any. There's so many dumb competition shows. I mean, I wouldn't normally watch that kind of stuff, but the stakes are so incredibly low, and <laughs> we just we just talk shit on each other so hard, and it's 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 pretty fun. It's really fun. I mean, Adam's really easy to make fun of, which is right. great. And Adam uh, Jacobs, Adam he's Jacobs, pushing 300 pounds. He's got a lot of tattoos. A lot of tattoos. Yeah, he's fun. You know. But the, uh, um, you know, Cornell and Adam are both really fun guys, and we have a really good time. And I think that it actually comes through. It ends up, it's pretty entertaining. Uh, L Dog here does a lot of the the shooting for us. Logan is a uh, producer, director of the operation. Yeah. What's has has Not, it ever gotten uh, tense on the? What what's kind of the realest moment you've had? <laughs> I know it's supposed to be a joke competition, but was there ever a moment where it's like, oh man, this got real? Uh, you know what? Oh well, yeah, on the last on the pie eating competition, I mean it's it's out now, so you can see it. So I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything. But um, uh, <laughs> Adam Jake is, is of course the larger fellow, and I gotta admit, I didn't think that I had a dog in it. Even myself, and I was like, I'm a good eater. I didn't think I had a chance. I mean, you were just saying when you first heard it, you were like, that's a dumb idea. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think, Which is not a great way to sell a show. Oh, that's a dumb idea. But no, it worked out. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's sort of the beauty. It's like we're pushing ourselves to do dumb ideas, and I think it's it is being really funny. But yeah, it got it got tense because the moment that you feel like you could win, that you when you yeah, think you've actually you got a shot at it, it's just like I've got two I've got two choices. I can either try to win this thing or not try to win it. And it's like, well, I'm here. We're taping it. I might as well try to win. And that's why I we ended up really it, it came down to the wire on this last one. Adam really thought he had it locked up. He was even calling for a for the victory and clearly had just pie all over the table <laughs> like a chump. And I ate that thing up real quick. There is there is it's definitely worth checking out. I mean the the series in general, but especially this episode. I think, uh, I think Corn- it's my favorite. I think Cornell yeah. tweeted a screen capture, a screen grab at Cornesi if you uh, followed on Twitter. And there is a there's a still shot of Adam Jacobs, and he is just his entire face is covered in white and red pie filling, and he he <laughs> he, he, he just looks like a sad juggalo. And he, it's so weird to see a fat person not enjoy food. Like when you're watching the pie eating competition, you're like, oh, this is this guy's heaven. But it's one of those things like. His own heaven becomes his own personal hell. Yeah, yeah. You know, like on The Simpsons, and when Homer gets sent to hell, it's a donut eating thing. But well, I guess Homer still kept Homer eating the donuts. Yeah. But yeah, the idea, you know, eventually becomes, yeah. oh my God, this is this is gonna ruin my life. And Adam experienced that moment, that kind of like that gluttony moment where you're just overwhelmed. But yeah, he's it, it's you gotta check the picture out. It it kind of speaks gross. for itself. I I was I remember in the middle of it, I my thought was. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to take small. I'm going to make regular bites, bites that I can chew up and just swallow, and I'm just going to not stop. I don't care how far behind I am. I'm just going to push through. And it, Because I remember thinking, man, I'm never going to win this. And then uh, 
I think someone announced that I was in second place, and that was I was surprised. I thought Cornell was just destroying me, and then I was like, huh, all right, we'll just keep going, we'll just keep beating this thing, and man. Felt good. It, yeah, it, no, I had uh, I was actually the ref in that episode, that's and right. I never obviously don't have much experience refing pie eating competitions, but it is it is an interesting thing. You decide, okay, when is that completely done? When is it? How do you decide when a pie is completely finished? And yeah, I think I think where you really made up ground was you were able to get to the the bottom part of the pie crust and really really work it out in big chunks and yeah. I, I think you made up a lot of ground there. I definitely did. I, yeah, that that was when when I got to the bottom of the pie and it was coming up nicely, I was like, "Oh man, I've got a real shot here." <laughs> and I I mean, let's as far as pie eating contest, that that thing was clean. I ate that entire pie. <laughs> it was and it was it was clean as in the tin was clean and also you didn't have a ton of pie around you. No. No, I'm around not an the tin. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. I spill food all over my shirt constantly when I'm just eating a sandwich <laughs> by myself with no timed aspect. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, we're having a lot of fun the, doing the competition and uh, we would love, you know, especially with uh with all of your fans for you sure. for anybody to submit ideas for things for us to do. We're always looking for interesting or weird things. If anybody works at a place that can have us come in and, you know, if anybody here <laughs> runs a go-kart operation, <laughs> Just go ahead and email the Green Room Show because yep. we would love to do – you know, we just want to do kind of weirder things as much as possible. I would love to get into some Yeah, mix it up, cars. get some weird challenges going. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking of uh, funny uh, sports shows, have you guys watched the uh, new Norm MacDonald sports show? No, I haven't seen, I got a TV, but I haven't watched it. It's, it's very funny. It's basically – the premise is Norm MacDonald doing Weekend Update, but instead of doing Weekend Update about kind of just – pop culture and uh, hard news in general it's him doing that specifically about sports and he uh he's that the show's been real uh real good wow <laughs> <laughs> nice review wow sure. real good <laughs> well it's 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 been really awesome the show and he he did a skit with blake griffin and it, it was real funny you, you can look it up online but he also showed up blake griffin recently won the rookie of the year Award in the NBA, and uh, Norm McDonald showed up at the press conference and uh, asked a question. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's a question from uh, from Blake's good friend Norm. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, how does Norm McDonald do it? I, I wish. I know. He just everything. He shows the up guy at says. the most important places at the most important times. Just like, hey guys, uh, what's up? <laughs> he, and he so goes he goes back. away like from show just... business for seven years and then comes back and people are like, oh yeah, Norm's back. Yeah. Well, it's almost like he just landed in this room and there was yeah. a microphone appeared in front of his face. Yeah. He's just like, he really, he really... Hey, hey, I'm good friends. <laughs> he's everybody's crazy uncle. He's everybody's crazy drunk. And that's just so awesome uncle. how he introduces himself as, hey, it's Norm, Blake's good friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, Blake, uh, it's fun watching this year. Wasn't it cool? <laughs> like how's how's Blake Griffin supposed to answer that? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool, Norm. Thanks, man. Thank you. And uh <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> thank, you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I was wondering like there's a kind of a curse with rookie of the year. Nobody's ever repeated it. Um, <laughs> I didn't think about that. Well I'll try as hard as I can next year, but Alright, man. <laughs> Alright, man. He's so Norm McDonald's just the coolest. If there's yeah. one comedian out there that's really just not, hasn't dropped the ball as just being a fucking comedian, it's Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald. He's just so funny. Yeah, and yeah. he was just he was just gone for a long time. Comes back and he's just his same wisecracking self. Ba- you know, his element really is on other people's shows, like at a news <laughs> conference or on a talk show. Yeah. It's too bad you can't get paid like the big bank for doing that because he <laughs> is the man at just being on someone else's show and causing a ruckus. Yeah, right. I remember I read the the uh, latest book on the late night wars. The whole I think it's the uh, the battle for late night when uh, Leno went early. Bill Carter it was it was a very good read, but it was all about Conan going to uh, 11:30 and then you know him getting kicked off. And I guess one of the one of the kind of straws that really got NBC angered up was seven shows into his Tonight Show run, 
Conan had Norm MacDonald on. (laughs) Norm MacDonald comes on and just starts. He breaks. He's the first guest for the Tonight Show. He just breaks out a newspaper and just like doing these, you know, kind of like an anti. Right. Oh, hey, did you read this one? And it's just some old like farmer tale that he (laughs) that he claimed was like something out of the paper. And you can see that was just the NBC executives. They they want a big star. They want. Jennifer Aniston, they want, I don't know, J-Lo, whoever's big. They right. want someone big because that helps the ratings, obviously. Yeah, they don't understand that, like, make the whole show big. Let the show get great. And, yeah, of course, like, the the guests you have should be the bonus. They shouldn't be the draw. They shouldn't be the only reason for tuning in. And, yeah, I understand people are that way, but you got to keep putting up a funny show. And and they don't understand. Like, yeah, Norm McDonald comes on and kind of fucks with the show, but that's the whole – that's the idea of a talk show is to have someone come on and be their personality. Conan's and Norm McDonald does it. Yeah, Conan's also been more all about self-depreciation, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Like Jay Leno's not about yeah. that at all, no. it seems like. Yeah. God bless Conan O'Brien. Yeah. God bless Conan O'Brien, and uh, God bless you guys for listening. Logan, you want to wrap things up here with a haiku? Yes. Let's do it. Little League point spread. Usama. Skinny dipping. Hey Blake, that was cool. <laughs> I don't. I've never. I. I've realized I've never like checked your syllable count, but it works, Logan. Nice work. All right, uh, Paul. Where can uh, where can people check you out? Where, where can they get more Paul Danky? People can check me out on Twitter at Paul Danky. They can check me out also uh, at uh, Competish and check us out on. Uh, YouTube at the competition and uh, on Funnier Die. Uh, just search for Paul Danky. Check out some uh, some of my blogs on there. It'd be great. All right, check it out. Big summer for Paul Danky coming up. Of course, up. on the 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 documentary. Yes, the ComedyGarageMovie.com. You can check that out. You can see Paul in a documentary, a feature <laughs> film documentary about the Comedy Garage. Yeah. Thank you everyone for tuning into the program. We do it live every Thursday, eight o'clock on LATalkRadio.com. This has been the Green Room. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Check out SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to subscribe to the podcast. Or follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show.